Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host as always, Chris Gallagher, and we're joined by, as always, by Louis McCaffrey, the owl. Yep, I just realised that you've changed the internet provider, now I can't connect to the Wi-Fi, brilliant. Um, yep, it's great to be here, Chris, thanks. Lovely stuff. Um, we're joined, as always, again, by the freight train, Kieran Harron. That you certainly are. Uh, how are you, Kieran? You alright? I'm doing good, but I'm not looking forward to being up at half past four in the morning, but... That's what has to be done. Keep the bit personal stuff to the, to the end. Uh, Brian. Hello. How are you? Tremendous. Great stuff. Uh, we're also joined by uh, the ICW World Heavyweight Champion, Joe Coffey. How are you, Joe? I'm very well. A bit beat up, a bit sore after the weekend. But apart from that, uh, the result of the weekend cheered me up and that's what's getting me through. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good stuff. So you're a big football fan, um, big Celtic fan. Yes, indeed. Um, what? A, a couple of questions, um, just to kind of get people to know. Uh, who did you prefer more from Harchester United? Was it Fletch or was <laughs> it Scott? Uh, I think my favourite Harchester United player was Vivian Wright, the goalkeeper Jaws, because he was just terrific. He was all that's entertainment. To oh, me, it's it's so unbelievable. That's a character. Um, I take it you're the guy who went onto their Wikipedia and filled out all that stuff. Oh, of course, of course. I'm, I've still got petitions to bring it back. My Good. Sunday nights at eight o'clock are there's a massive void. Massive I think that's void. probably why I started wrestling as well. You know, just nothing else to do at that yeah. point. You know, I mean, <laughs> all the football's finished yeah. by that time. Um, in all seriousness, though, first Celtic memory. Uh, in I think nineteen ninety three it was the jungles last stand against Dundee something like it, a big Brian was it Dundee what the jungles last stand remember uh, there was a big yeah, a big thing about that I'll Google it oh, I thought and, you would uh, get like get assigned like sheet all the like the commemorative players and stuff like that yeah that was it but uh, first proper game actual was like. It would have been like the the Three Amigos era with like Decanio, Cadet, Van Hoydonk, uh, yeah, Van Hoydonk and Andy Tom and stuff like that. Um, out of those four, who was your favourite? <coughs> oh, I was m- massive Decanio fan. Like Pontefol Adora shoes were my life yeah, when I was like age eight. I'm still gutted that you can you can hardly find those replica shoes. Can you not? No, they they they've changed like the whole like concept of it so I'd, I'd happily be kicking about five side parts and those they were some bad boys um, you also you said that before we recorded that your favourite Celtic player of all time is Paul McStay Paul McStay okay. definitely I think you're going to find a lot of friends here because that's pretty much yeah. a lot of our contentions who's your f- favourite current player uh, it's definitely Kieran Tierney just because it's the same same mould yeah. I think you know Celtic through and through he also followed me on Twitter the other day. Don't mean to brag, but uh, well, don't mean, to be, you know. <laughs> don't mean to brag, <laughs> but he followed me uh, when, he, when he had a mere th- couple of thousand followers, and then he, oh, sl- really? <laughs> he slipped into my DMs, brother. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a true story. Uh, Did you know him before he was famous? Then, if you got him before he was famous, no, then <laughs> no. Do you know what actually happened? I'll t- I don't actually tell you guys this. What happened was um, I was talking about a Scotland game, and I was like, "Kim is the best player since blah 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 blah," and then he followed me, and I was like, "This guy's." Clear because I didn't even at him I just put his name so he must have been searching for his name so just give him compliments because um, <laughs> you should know Joe that um, I've sent Hunters <laughs> <laughs> Louis, Louis um, a little obsessed with Kieran Tierney that's that's his boy him and Tom Rogic that's his two his two looks boys. a bit like Tom Rogic thanks thanks very much Tom Rogic look yeah okay um, but yeah if KT you want to follow me at any point that'd be great Paul yeah I'm sure I'm sure he listens to the podcast of course he does 
it's all right, Kieran. I've been a I've been a wee bit guilty in doing the old vanity search on Twitter as well after shows. So I don't know, I know the feels, man. Just so you're aware, I've done it. <laughs> and I'm not even famous, so um, <laughs> you do it every time a podcast gets <laughs> it. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think of the guy who does the podcast? Uh, yeah, okay. So yeah, so we a little bit about Joe. Terrific stuff. Um, but let's just kind of start with um, the game. Five uh, one. As you know, people our age uh, obviously lose a little bit younger. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you're going now. And Brian's like, what, what age are you, Joe? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Okay, so you're you and Lou are kind of at the same sort of wheelhouse in terms of ages. But for someone like myself, who Ibrooks and Brian, Ibrooks was just a, a Deadpool. We never, we, we rarely won there when it mattered and when it counted. Um, and this this weekend was just. In fact, someone else starts speaking because I'm just I'm overwhelmed with emotion. You're right. <laughs> You've got to break down. I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, emotional. Um, it was, um, I, th- I don't know. Personally, I think it was a bit of a s- kind of a surprise. I didn't. I don't think any of us. What? Something. Keep going. Um, I don't think any of us maybe quite expected it to be so dominant. I mean, I, I personally thought going into it, I thought they're going to have to come out and play much better than what they did the week before. I thought they would make it a lot tougher a game. But we blew them away in the first half. I mean, we could easily have went in at half time six 0 up, and that was not, that's not even you know speculative chances. That was chances that really should have went in. Sinclair could have had a hat trick. Griffiths hit the bar. Um, you know, chances like to, that are to, chances to, that often yeah. we would take, but in that game we didn't. Yeah, to, um, be, to be fair, um, Sinclair having that hat trick opportunity was because Griffiths hit the bar. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, Kieran, would it be fair to say that going in 6-0 would have been a truer reflection on the game, on the first half, sorry? Absolutely. We, uh, I mean, as we've done with most of the old firm games, we've a lot of, a lot of time we've dominated with possession, yeah. but this time we started dominating with yeah, possession. Yeah, you just said old firm again, what's wrong with you? It's the same colour, isn't it? Green and white hoots versus blue. Just That's to confirm, we have we take nothing. Kieran, just say, f- <laughs> just say football game. I don't know. Right, Glasgow derby. Good. Um, Correct. We've always kind of dominated with possession, but this time we're actually now dominated with possession and shots on target and actually was clinical with it. Because I think the way it looked, roughly, was something like five shots, four on target with the three goals. So we're really, really clinical with the shots, which we haven't been at times. There's been sometimes where we've been guilty of creating enough chances but not taking them. But this time, we seem to be right up for it. I don't know if this is the case, but a slight bit of me thinks that Rodgers, through the mo- mid- the middle games, went, let's just control the game, let's just keep the ball, not give them chances, and if we get goals, it's fine. I think he's in, this is the last game of the season. Do you know what? Go out there and score as many goals as you can. Because it had that more feeling where we were... We were pushing forward more in the first half. We were really wanting to get the goals, which I feel we haven't, ha- we haven't had in the last couple of Hope Firm games because they've been a bit more defensive. But I think what also the other thing as well, they just had a fear factor in them. They were, have we seen it at the semi final last week? The whole talk of them d- dumbing down the team talk because they seemed scared. Seems still the same this week. They just they stood off us. They didn't ha- they didn't press high enough on us. They weren't in our faces. We were just holding the ball and we were able to stro- stroke it about and we weren't pressured and they haven't. Move the ball quickly. We just moved the ball quickly because we wanted to. Joel, um, we started off by getting a penalty after five minutes. Firstly, that was a fucking surprise to me <laughs> to get a penalty. I rocks that was unbelievable. Two penalties in two yeah. weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, who who impressed you? What player stood out for you? I mean, obviously there's a lot of contenders, but was there someone that you th- looked at and you thought this guy? I thought McGregor's come on 
leaps and bounds. You know, like uh, what Kim was saying about like playing through the middle and stuff. Like, good to go, like going down the wings and the flanks and stuff like that. But I think like seasons. You like, just put the microphone. Sorry, seasons like uh, <coughs> like Tom Rogic being out injured. There's not like that kind of guy who's going to hold it and then let your Sinclairs and that run. You know, run riot through the middle and stuff. So like uh, guys like McGregor and uh, Kieran Tierney always impresses. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. guy's just solid, absolutely solid. Well, that's what we were talking about. Like um, the thing we've missed from Rogic is the fact that he holds the ball up so well, and and his kind of feet. Um, there was one. There was one. I can't. I'm sure it was. It was the first half, but it was a long punt. It was either from Gordon or it was from uh, Yozo, and he puts it up the pitch and. McGregor has the one of the best touches of the whole game. He just like controls it. One touch just takes it down, and it's immediately in his path, and he's on running towards the box. I thought he was class again, but uh, there's a lot still big argument whether he's just a squad player and all that sort of thing. But I think that's got to change. What age is he? 20, 21, 22 or something? I think he's twenty-three. Yeah, He's a guy who you know has kind of proved himself at a level that you know a lot of people mock and criticise Scottish football, but he went down to League One, where a lot of people would say, "Oh, that's the same level as SPL." But he rattled in like fifteen goals. Um, Brian, we've not heard your thoughts on McGregor for a while, um, or ever. Anything? Yeah. So, go on, McGregor. McGregor. I thought he was great, um, and he deserved his place in the team. I know there was chat about whether they would bring Tam back, but. McGregor totally deserved it and you can see, I mean obviously Kieran Tierney gets a lot of plaudits for the dream but I think um, Is that broke? Yeah. Alright um, You can see what it meant to, to McGregor when he scored as well, um, totally loved it and it was it was, it was outstanding but then it would be difficult to pick a, a man of the match, I think Kieran Tierney got it on Sky but you could have picked pretty much anybody. They were just. I thought Boyata was absolutely outstanding. Um, I thought that Boyata um, was good. I thought he was quite aggressive, uh, especially in the first half. I thought he consistently tried to get in front of anyone, you know, whoever he was marking at that point. He was very aggressive and very proactive in getting ahead of them, which I thought was a, a good sort of technique that he can he can use kind of moving forward. But at times he was a little tight. Um, I think Wag. Wag on him once. Yeah. Took the touch and it went over over his head and he just spun around to get it. But to be fair to be fair to him, he did actually recover and block the the cross coming in from him. So I think Wycorn was just totally caught by surprise that he'd done something with a ball. I <laughs> I seen I seen a great quote there. It was uh Waghorn's got about the best uh, the same accuracy as a stormtrooper in Star Wars, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was actually one of my one of my mates, a Rangers fan, put that up, and I went, "Well, at least you can laugh at it, man." Like, because they're going to have to laugh at it because it's not going to go change anytime soon, is it? Yeah, well, you got your Rangers fan, fan pal. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, how is he feeling? Is is he reacting against the board? Or I mean, I've got, I've got a lot of pals that are, that are Rangers fans, and I think they're just <laughs> it's almost become like just like what next. You know what I mean? Like, what can, it's, what, what, can, what can you do next? You know, like, like personally, I like. I mean, it's great for us, but uh, Pedro is not the manager for them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he's not the manager. I don't. Didn't you see the the like the the embrace with him and Rogers and what apparently what was said? What did they say? Some I seen it, uh, and it was uh, someone who deals in like speech oh, therapy oh, okay. and that. And apparently, and uh, from watching, it says Pedro says. Go get the treble to Brendan, and he goes, "I will try." 
and like <laughs> right, so I don't know if I've had a bombshell or an exclusive there but like if that was my manager uh, I'd be furious and I could see why Rangers fans would be furious like yeah. great for us but maybe not the manager for them do you know what I mean no the guy looks the guy does I, I, I agree I don't Agent think he, Pedro I, I think yeah. he looks a bit clueless at times <laughs> go get the but, treble <laughs> do, you know, do you know think that like that game especially that first 45 minutes just I, I, it was scary how much of a huge difference there is I don't think we've ever seen it as it's glaringly yeah. obvious now that but the thing huge. is so that, that's the difference between Celtic and Rangers um, when we go to Pataudry it's going to be a far tougher game, I think, um, and that's because no matter what people say about you know Rangers being you know the second, they need to they need to actually take a step back and they need to go right. You know what? We're going to start from from the, the go back to the drawing board and start from the base, start from the bottom. But because of their expectation levels and because of what they think they still are, then they won't, and it's delicious. <laughs> and it's going to be for us. It's 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 just going to be it's just going to be great. I mean, you know, it's never going to happen because of the. I think Louis said it before the sense of entitlement that they've got. Yeah, you even seen McCoy on Sky on Sunday, eh, Saturday, which was absolutely hilarious. Right for the get go, he's saying you know the debt was manageable when he was there and um, even beforehand, which is clearly wrong. His then answer to their current predicament is to to spend right back money. Stuart McCall. <laughs> that? It needs investment. It needs investment. They they don't have any funds coming in, but they will never realise that. I mean, it is a sort of kind of you feel a bit sorry that you're able to take the piss for so long with Rangers fans now because I don't. But I you're kind of running out of things to say. It's like what else could could happen? They've got this crazy manager in, and he will get totally picked on. I mean, probably him saying that to Brendan Rodgers is probably something that. I don't know, managers and semi-finals might say to each other or something like that, but knowing, knowing a Celtic Rangers game, he clearly doesn't understand the environment. He's totally out of his depth. All the stuff he's trying with, you know, try to talk tactics and all that, and he talks a lot, but says nothing. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And I know Christian seems to think he's talking sense, which probably obviously proves my point. <laughs> no, I, I think the, the the point, Chris, I mean, let, let me ask you this, Joe, um, from the perspective of being, now you, you play rugby, right? Yeah, and yeah. you've you've played you know competitive sports yeah, in general, right? And the same with you, Brian, as well. Obviously, like if why why is he giving out his tactics before a match? I, I don't know. It's a baffling one. I thought either if it's some kind of you know red herring where it's like this is how we're going to play, and then he just plays a totally different way, and the team's been preparing for yeah that way, but he's sending out like you know like a Trojan horse or something like that, but. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's like oh, if we're playing this upfront football. Where, where here we are. This is this is who we are. You know. I just think it's a bit. Think to it's me, to me, he's Paul Gwen Mark Two. Yeah. Like for for Rangers, I just think wrong guy, wrong guy for them. Wrong guy, wrong time. Uh, what do you think, Brian? I mean, obviously, you were saying about you coaching and stuff. With I just think football. it's insane. I think he's um, he's no concept of of the Scottish game, um, and it's I've heard him referred to as the Matalan Mourinho and I think that's it he's trying to be that kind of type figure I've never heard that right, <laughs> I love that but obviously Mourinho done that once um, was it he, he named, named the Barcelona lineup or something <laughs> like that when he was at Chelsea or he done something and he got a spot on and that's there's all these great manager managers that play mind games and stuff and you can get that when it's maybe one off but the, this guy's coming out every single week and coming up with crazy things and even his after match comments, I think Saturday there, 
he was saying about I'll take all the responsibility it's all my fault and the guy I said so what did you get wrong and he went oh no it's just my responsibility he didn't go into it he just I, no I, do you know I, I will say this I didn't, I, didn't mind that. I didn't mind him trying to deflect away from his players I but you need to back it up or something like no, the guy don't. then said no, you don't. Don't. You don't. Five. all he needs to do is it's my fault well how's it your fault because it is that's all he but needs to do the guy said like obviously so what, what went wrong and you're hoping if but you're he doesn't, have, fan, he doesn't have six pint glasses that. that he can get out at that point <laughs> and start you know I would be surprised he probably carries them about in his back pocket Kieran, uh the goals, uh what impressed you? What what goal impressed you most? What and um, what got the biggest pop for you? Oh it'd have to be Lustig. It was a, it was a, it was the fifth goal. Correct. Um correct answer. Also the way he, the way he took it well, I think he got to a point where he's like, you know what? I'm bored, I want to get involved in <laughs> yeah, That's why he thought, <laughs> he thought I'm, like, bored. I'm bored. So I just picked up the ball, went for a nice V Maisie run, and then it was just a lovely it was a lovely controlled side foot goal as well. Um, and at the celebration as well, it just shows you the passion and how much he loves the club and how much that goal meant to him. Yeah, we should also, you know, uh, you should know this, Joe, I'm a mm-hmm. massive fan of Mikhail Lustig, um, but I have been from pure ages ago, so everyone jumping on the Lustig bandwagon <laughs> um, can suck it. Uh, but with Lustig, as much as people are like tweeting about he really loves it and all that, he's still really good. He said a terrific season. He's the best right back in Scotland. Okay, he's lost a little bit of pace, but tactically he knows what he's playing. Technically, he's got it, um, and that's why I think that Lustig being this sort of funny, oh, he, he really gets Celtic and all that. Absolutely, but he's also a really good player, mm-hmm. and we need to we need to kind of back him up with that because at this point you're looking. Okay, again, we'll come obviously come back to you a little bit, a little bit more because we're still getting to you know and stuff. Gamboa, not seen enough of him. Really, like made a couple of fleeting appearances, like now and then, but I don't know, fringe player, yeah, at best I think. Squad, yeah, squad player. I just can't. The current uh, defensive lineup, I just can't see. I, w- I wouldn't change it. Do you know what I mean? And then, like, it's not, nah, not for me. That's I saw um, yeah. Brendan Rodgers said after the uh, the under seventeens game that he compared uh, Anthony Ralston to Danny McGreen which was a fantastic compliment for that boy. He has built a tank for a wee guy right enough, um, and he's got a lot of a lot of energy and stuff. He looks kind of similar to Kieran Tierney, but um, well, they did say a bit more bullish. He did say he wasn't necessarily happy with the standard of football in the under-17s game. No, that was the other one. That was the Glasgow Cup game. Was that not the under-17s game? Was the under-20s game? Was the Sorry, all right, okay, the under-20s game. Right, so uh, Ralston was, the was, game was in the development squad, yeah. Was right. it Ralston was playing? Um so that's that's maybe that's interesting though, and then the, the boy uh, Michael Duff he's been let go, um, so he's been told he's a left back, but he's been told that he's um, they're not continuing his contract, they're not renewing his contract, so he's been let go, um, and he's been a mainstay of the development team for years. Aitchison got Academy Player of the Year. Um, he's obviously been out on loan um, at Morton. No, Aitchison's still still with us. It's um, who's at Morton? Then? Your man, winger, tricky. Oh, ne- Nesbit, 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 Nesbit. Yeah, sorry, I, I've got that, that mixed up. Um, but um, Agent Single um, played the year. He's been on the bench. Um, before we get, kind of move on to that, let, let's just kind of go back and look at the five-one game um, in a little bit more detail. Uh, Annie Walker, Brick is a bit of an asshole. Um, next time we see him at the Pollock game, we'll certainly mention that to him. Um, but everything was everything was either a mistake or someone else's fault Griffith's fantastic finish in my opinion uh, keeper should have saved it um, Jozo's tackle 
with Keon Joseph's tackle. Talk me through it. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. He wins Did the ball. Did yourself the first time. Because <laughs> oh, at pace and Miller does a wee, a wee cartwheel over him. But when you look at it again, he's he slid in sideways. He's not actually got his studs up. He just slides forward and then just kind of toe pokes it away. To- it's, it's, co- just, it's just it's the momentum of him sliding through. It's actually his thigh that just puts Miller over. So it's just his full body putting him over. I think it's just like that straight away because Miller obviously goes flying in the, in the air. Right. But then when you look at it again, you go... There's no issue at all. That was actually a beautiful that's tackle. A spell tackle. Uh, I'm a big fan of excessive force. That's kind of where I put it. <laughs> you, this guy, yeah, big big fan of that. Do you know what I mean? Like clean tackle as well. Like yeah. Kenny I mean, Miller, some seller though. Like I've never, I mean, <laughs> I've never seen wrestlers sell like that. I mean, it's it was, it was the best. But I mean, someone was putting up on Twitter today. You know, the the comparison between. Um, uh, Jozo's tackle um, from an angle and Miller's tackle on Armstrong in the in the game the one each stream where yeah. Miller's literally two foot off the ground going for Armstrong and it's like um, Miller coming out saying oh you know I could have uh, bloody you know a terrible tackle and excessive force it's like two feet off off the ground pal. It's, it's the thing that I most hate about football uh, especially in the modern game like watching like games in the 70s and the 80s and stuff like that when it was obviously the game's been cleaned up a bit more but it's it's the diving, the selling. I just can't hack it. Like, I've always played physical sports, and in fact, it's why I went to rugby away from football because I was just getting fed up of people just carrying on. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's something that I hate, and I think just needs to be stamped, <laughs> stamped <laughs> out. Do you know what I mean? Like but it's, I, I completely agree. It's, with a, it's a contact sport. You know what I mean? Like, and that that was a, a totally legal challenge as well. Like, there's no point in complaining about it. Like, I opened the page of the papers today setting back page and it was this full spread about how this tackle was of excessive force what's excessive force yeah I mean this you know thing, I mean? Like, this thing if you look at guys like um, Chiro Ferrara or Nesta or uh, even like Beresi they would be sent off on a daily basis uh, on a match by match basis because excessive force was just winning the ball all, all, all. Yeah. and the thing is as, as Kieran says you know he doesn't it's, his studs aren't up um, it doesn't lunge. He actually no, yeah. it's it, it, it's like I mean, I think the FIFA official FIFA account on Twitter like highlighted it and put it as like tackle of the day, like wow, tackle of the day. What did you th- from an American football point of view? Was it a was it a, was it a three pointer? Was it a was it a thing? Ah, it was a three touchdown. Sack that quarterback. It was perfect. It was literally perfect. But as Louis said, as soon as you see it in full speed. Um, I thought he'd absolutely half. Oh, I thought he was <laughs> killed him. Um, um, which obviously raised a wee cheer as well. But it was um, <laughs> it was perfect. But the problem, obviously, going back to the Andy Walker thing, he was still calling it like saying it was two footed after he'd seen about three or four replays. Yeah, he then blamed the ref not giving that foul for Windass's challenge on Scott Brown. Uh, yeah, um, then claimed Windass hadn't been booked despite the telly showing you you know the referee giving him the yellow card. Walker was at, I think I put on Twitter is, is he on glue and I, I think he was it was there was something no right with the guy but even after like even after he was continually um, what do you call it uh, corrected because he kept saying Josh Windass um, I can't believe he's not being booked there um, and the Ian Crocker went well he has been booked he's like no I don't think he has but and he's like no he has he's like no the replay actually shows him getting carded <laughs> he was still I don't think he's been he's been yellow carded but you know the good thing about that tackle though was the fact that John Beaton from the parish, he didn't, he, I mean, he, that was his opportunity to send him off. He could have easily sent him off. And you think about Craig Thompson, Willie Collum, any one of those would have taken their chance and went, boom, 
Done. And I thought John Bean was... I, I thought he got almost pretty much everything spot on. Here, here's the thing, though, right? So if... Um, his first ever Glasgow derby. Yeah. Spot on. And that, that's the thing, though. Like, um, we're very quick to turn around and say, you know, they've had a terrible game and look at this. But as you see, um, can't complain. And, you know, we got the penalty. Um, most of the decisions kind of worked out correctly I don't think there was a lot of contentious decisions in terms of the here we go with the penalty what he done even better was he actually spoke to his layman because at one point you can see him saying is that inside the box so he wasn't 100% sure but he took his time to actually ask his linesman to say that I'm definitely giving us a penalty and then at that point then do you know what Andy Walker was saying in the commentary that he's asked the fourth official I didn't think you were allowed to do that how? What do you mean? I don't know. I, I didn't think that was an option to a referee to ask the fourth yeah. official as well <laughs> fourth as. Fourth official? Can be I <laughs> is the fourth official? Why is he there, man? <laughs> I know, but I thought, it, I thought it was just the linesman. I thought the fourth, I didn't think fourth official could get involved. I in thought he was. I just, thought he was Mike as well. Involved very rarely, very rarely, because yeah. of the position they're at there. At the Aye, because so, of the position that they're in, I didn't seen, think they would. You've be. seen some things happening around Dougherty, and they still just don't get involved. Same yeah. as well. Should um, should uh, the Griffiths' goal been saved? Uh, well, I. You're a goalkeeper. I don't know, but it's. You it's think hit, so? It's had so know. much power. Yeah. And it's got a bit of a, a, a sway in it as well. That they, they'd argue because he, he's crouched down a little bit, but see the angle Griffiths is at? You're not expecting a kind of smash see, shot like that. See, for me, when you were asking Kieran about, you know, the best goal or whatever, that for me had probably just as good a reaction, if not better, because I really did not. It just seemed like a wonder strike at the time, and everybody in the pub went mental. Uh, the Lustig one was obviously amazing, but the Lustig one was, and I'm never going to use this phrase again. But like, it was total banter, wasn't it? Ah, it was just LOL. It was t- it was taking the piss, but the the Griffiths one was just, and you know the balls that he was putting in, corners, well, free that's, kicks. That's that's fantastic. He 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 drifted into the channels quite a few times. He put in balls for uh, Sinclair at the back post. When Sinclair, I don't know how he's missed that. The Sinclair one. What do you think about that? The two chances, Joe. Um, Sinclair. What was his first one? The first one from Griffiths yeah, off, the bar, bar, off the bar, and then the second one. He's got. I was talking to my my dad. Was uh, he was at the game, uh, and I got when I got back from Newcastle on Saturday, and he was like, "That was his worst game of the season." <laughs> I was like, "It's a not bad situation when you think that that's his worst, <laughs> his worst game of the season." But he did like. There was a lot of chances that could have been, you know, goals. But what was it? There was. One that was it one that come off the bar that would create set up for something. Gr- Griffiths yep. came off the bar, hit off the Aye. bar, and it bounced. And he 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 didn't time to take a touch, but he just yep. kind of rushed it. And then the one at the back post where it comes, and I mean I don't even know how he's missed it. You can only maybe say him he's lost concentration because when the ball's coming over, he's expecting a touch off a defender or something, and he's kind of maybe put him off his set. I mean the other thing as well, he could even left it and Yuzo was behind him, Aye. and he could have smashed it as well. Um, Brian, what was your favourite goal of the day? Um. I said they were all amazing. I know for different reasons. Um, probably Griffiths, actually. I'd agree with that, Griffiths. Yeah. I, for me, like with Griffiths as well, like, it's just good to see him back. Yeah, playing and then of course I feel I feel for him man. Like I've I've been there sitting on the bench and with someone who's on form, but he was equally on form and just picked up a couple of niggling injuries, man. But you can see, like obviously after every game and that when he's tying scarves to the post and leaving the penalty you know it means something <laughs> yeah you know. and you see as well they actually had two stewards on either post after the <laughs> I game wanted to just to stop that. That. They, they, those, <laughs> those stewards to top, stop fans running on uh, the pitch to attack 
the Celtic captain. Yeah. Well, he made sure the post were guarded. Um, he, 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 he went and got a scarf and put in his penalty spot anyway. So I, I, I missed that, but did Sky show that the the fan runner oh, on the pitch? No. That they, they, they no, I, I, I didn't even hear the I've seen a lot of pictures as well of like, was it? Griffiths holding up a battery or was aye, that from a previous aye, aye. No, and, uh, Scott Brown with two coins, two coins as well aye. yeah um, the battery one I, oh, I saw that kind of live the picture showed that yeah, um, yeah I mean that's just uh, that's yeah. just but even down at the, the corner flag there was so many like drinks cups that clearly had just been getting lobbed, lobbed on as well I just thought it was the batteries yeah. falling out of Kenny Miller <laughs> <laughs> um, although one thing Griffiths, Griffiths had another goal obviously it was chalked off and it didn't actually show you I think it showed you one he angle was, of he it was, he was offside and Walker immediately called it offside so that's why I think it's kind of maybe debatable but that was some finish as well yeah. he actually pinged that in and again is he the best finisher at the club? Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, I definitely agree Dembele's got, I mean, obviously think of Dembele's goal at, at New Year. I mean, that was an absolute peach as well. It, it, it's a good problem we have when you've got two absolute don't know how long we're going to have this problem for, to be fair. Um, do you think, I mean, I know we're kind of looking ahead a little bit, but uh, Louis, let me ask you this. Um, we keep we keep Dembele in the summer. Do you see a time where Griffiths will maybe get a little bit too frustrated to the point where he might turn around and say, "I need to be playing, or I can't, I can't sit on the bench anymore." Because he, uh, he he does get really. You can tell how frustrated he is just now that he's got that opportunity. No, I, d- I, I don't think so. I, th- I think Griffiths is smart. He knows he's. He, I mean, where's Griffiths going to go? You know, what I mean, where where's he realistically going to go? I think he. I think he'll, he will sit it out. But I, I think coming on Saturday or, or playing that game Saturday, and he he showed the quality that he has. I mean, you can't you can't argue that the guy has got some touch. Um, he's he's brilliant from a dead ball. Um, I would like to see. I would love to see the two of them in the, the one team. I just wish Brendan Rodgers could come up with some way of doing it that the two of them could be in the one team. Well, if you put two of them in one team, your, your boy's not playing then, is he? Who Tam? Tam? I will. Fuck him then. We could technically do it when Sinkler's injured. We think next time Sinkler's injured, yeah. you could do it two up top and have Tamman behind him. We are back three. Um, fit him in. I, I, I know you say it's a good problem to have, but it's, it is still kind of a problem. Um, Dembele's going to be... Well, the other thing is, if he's smart enough, we realistically, we've probably got Dembele one more season. See the season after that, it'll be come back to Griffiths uh, again. Well, he, but then whoever he replaces Dembele with will be the first choice. I don't think Griffiths will ever be first choice. But then the thing is, we probably we need another striker now because the two of them have been injured at the same time yeah. so much. And then you know Paddy's went in, but Paddy's away, so we're, we're going to really need a, a, a third striker. And then how are you going to keep a third why, striker why happy is, in Scotland? So why is Aikenson not been used recently? If he's if he's this good and he's been getting development player of the year. He's but once we won the league, sixteen. Why? I know, but once we won the league, he's already sampled playing for us. So once the pressure's off of not having to win the game because we won the league, would that not be a perfect time for sixteen? Is a bit young though. It's a big jump from. But he played last he year. He played one game. He came on for the Dundee United. So he's still 16? Uh, well, he's 17. He was 15 when he scored that goal. Oh, was he? Uh, was he? I'm sure he was 15 because he was the youngest ever goal scorer, was not Oh, shit, that's what he was, yeah. Imagine being 15. What were you doing at 15? I was playing that Don't want to tell you I was Let me ask you this as someone who kind of. You're a. Know, know all about personal training and nutrition and finance mm-hmm. uh, finance <laughs> um, yeah. um, nutrition and stuff Tom Rogic 
Why is he no fit? I don't even think it's a question of fitness. I think it's just he's. Uh, what was what was his first injury? In town, no? Can anyone mind? Can't remember. Was it groin or something like that? Was it ankle? Don't know. What's what, back in January? Aye. Yeah. Because I, from my experience, of just getting injured and stuff like that, like if one thing goes, you're susceptible. Like especially if it's football and it's hamstrings, groin, it will just start to kind of oh, go like take, that and just ping. But I don't think it's a, it's not a question of like fitness. I think it's just little niggles, little injuries, and it's it's just not happened for him this season. I don't think it. Um, because he's always he's always been like when he's played, like, he looks as if he's not never going to run out of energy. I just think like it might be a strength and conditioning problem. Like that, that's the thing. I, I've never really seen the the strength and conditioning side of Scottish football, and it's something I've always been really interested in. Like I think if it was, I think Scottish football is a bit behind that yeah. way um, in comparison to like the English leagues Spanish especially German as well Germany's strength and conditioning game is just through the roof is that down money? I think it's down to money uh, like with the thing well not necessarily because Celtic's got the Lennox Town facility which looks top notch I just don't think it's a priority which I think it should be I think Scottish football's still in that mentality of like they don't want their players to get too big but if you look at some of the other teams, like I always use Germany for example, produce some like some of the best like physical specimens of footballers ever, yeah. and uh, I think I, I also think it depends on the manager. Like uh, for example, like would Paul Guen come into Rangers and Ronnie Dyla come into Celtic? They were really hammering home in nutrition, strength, and fitness and stuff like that. But some of the players don't take to it, and I think that's maybe some of the mentality that the players have. I know. Uh, I actually had a few pals who were in the youth setup in Rangers, and when Paul Le Guin came in, like nobody was listening. They just didn't. He lost the dressing room anyway, but he was trying to like change the nutritional habits of the players. They just weren't having it. And I know maybe like did Brendan Rodgers not say something in an interview about Lee Griffiths or something like that? Try to they were try, try, kind of g- g- try to change him a wee bit. Do you know what I mean? I think there's that mentality a wee bit. You know, it's like just typical. It's, it's typical Scottish mentality. You know, like eating tea cakes. I'll just go home that. and have a couple of cans of iron brew and some tea cakes. Do you know what I mean? And it's like every like you're a you're an athlete for twenty four hours a day, and I think maybe that's why. But a player like Tom Rogers, he's an Aussie and stuff. Like that, I don't think it's a question of fitness because they just live and breathe that. And I think it's just he's not been not been lucky with injuries this season. Yeah. Interesting, interesting insight. Um, do you think Dyla get a rough ride? What was that? Sorry. Do you think Dyla get a rough ride? Um, like, uh, because like, when he came in and he said about like, um, you know, changing, you know, getting rid of like, uh, like condiments and all that, and you know, getting rid of the yeah. the juice and stuff. And then like Neil Lennon came out and said that that didn't matter. That didn't matter. It's about a winning mentality and all that. You know, that that kind of you know we we get slagged for kind of defending Ronnie Dyla but one of the guys on our crew is Norwegian so we're going to have to yeah. um, <laughs> but he did kind of get kind of criticised in the, in, in the press because he I think that was like two two ends of the extreme do you know what I mean Lennon was like aye. you know what he was like aye. You know, aye. 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 sorry a couple aye. of babies lads aye. you know what I mean but uh, whereas Ronnie Dyla was so strict and I think it's actually just a case of meeting in the middle like, like Brendan Rogers, for example like I, I mean I don't know anything about the setup, but you can just see like they're, they're obviously busting their arse in training but the the, ja- the the mid the January break off like took them all to Dubai do you know what I mean I think it's that kind of 
like reward scheme type thing. Yeah. If you work hard enough, you you know you'll get a little bit of free time, a little bit of break, and stuff like that. But um, yeah. I think I do think that I like it. <laughs> he got a hard time because obviously, like with Rangers going down for those you know three four seasons, it's the competition and the houses are going to drop as well as a wrestling term you know what I mean yeah. like the the crowds dwindled he, the football was okay didn't play the most attractive football I think it was just the European games the or, or lack of do you know what I mean who was the was it the Danish sides was it uh, was it Danish sides that we lost Norwegian sorry Malmo I Swedish I because I went to both legs of that and it was oh you went, you went, you went I went both legs I went the home leg and I went the away leg and I was just I was just <laughs> I don't want to swear in <laughs> I was so frustrated man like I was tearing my hair out and it was just like there's another one gone another season where it's just domestic football can, can I ask you one really important question um, are Monster Munch part of a balanced diet? Uh, d- depends whose balanced diet it is to be <laughs> honest but Chris Boyd uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan I'm not a fan no, to be honest no. um, back to the 5-1 game uh <laughs> What else kind of stood out for you? I mean, see when you... For me, I know we will all kind of differ on this, but for me, Stuart Armstrong was man of the match. That's... Give it up. <laughs> <laughs> and let, let me tell you why. That's rubbish. That it just came out of your mouth. Because you're Visney. Well, I, I was, but... But he wasn't he? No, I thought Stuart was terrific. I thought he wasn't. Okay, I don't. He, I'm not saying he was man of the match. He did. He did to be fair, he does seem to in the last two games against them, he's been playing a totally different role. It's like he's playing a sort of destructive role. He's like playing a bit deeper. He's breaking everything up, and then he's driving forward, and then he's giving the ball to you know Tierney or you know passing it through to to Sinclair or whatever. But what I thought was really interesting was just how much work he put. It reminded me of Paul Lambert putting a lot of work. Um, he did a lot of, and I, I I know this because I was specifically watching him, um, and he was putting in a lot of work, doing a lot of tackles, and coming out with a ball and just giving it to whoever the creative player was in front of him. It's a, as you say, it's a kind of brand new role for him, and uh, yeah, I thought he was terrific. No, you know, I think he had a no, good game. No, I, d- I do agree. I'm not saying that he, he had a bad game. It's just that it, it was it was a different role for him, and it's kind of I don't know, a bit of a shame. I think you you've seen how how much he's brought to us this season and how well he's been playing you know in the role that he was in and I kind of wish we'd, we could have seen that Stuart Armstrong because he was never really given licence to go forward um, in both maybe, games Is this not maybe preparation for Tom Rogic coming back and where I mean to an extent he was still ah, he's going back to his natural place still kind of positioning uh, the idea that Rogic is going to come back and he's going to play that role but Brian what did you think of uh, Stuart it was it was decent, um, but again, I don't think there was any failures in the team. So you could you could highlight all the good things, all of them done. It was great. It was just done a brilliant team for performance on Saturday. Um, Armstrong is that they are going to have to adapt, and I think that the the games have got left now because um, obviously I think he's although Brown suspended, um, he's sent him on holiday for the next couple of weeks anyway. But they are going to have to make some changes, and it's an opportunity to see <coughs> who, who can fill that role. Uh, and Armstrong will probably step up. Yeah, I think he will. Do you not think it was a bit? It was maybe telling the fact that he brought a buoy on for Scott Brown, all right, know. for all of thirty seconds. But Beaton was on the bench. The two of them were on the bench again. And he brings a buoy on. And I, I think it'll be really interesting to see the team on Saturday and see if he starts a buoy instead of Brown. Who do you think starts, Cairn? Do you think a buoy takes walks in? Obviously, we're going to miss Brown for the next 
two games. Two games. Enjoying snubbling. Um, my snubbling's a bit of a worry. Yeah. Even though it was rescinded to a yellow card? Um, yeah, because that put him uh, through the table. Right, okay, sure enough. He would have got the Munster County. I think he actually probably could be a buoy because it's the home game. Um, St John's have done quite well just now actually because I mean they're the only six points off of Rangers they Aberdeen at the weekend again that's right so that um, I, I think he will give a boo um, it is telling that he brought bit on at the bench but he didn't have bit on the bench for the cup final um, but he, br- he brings him on the bench just now bit on so it means you then you got to wonder about Henderson as well I mean he's uh, Henderson so Hendo needs to uh, he's gone he needs to go for um, his own his own Ability but Abu is a bit more obviously there's a hard tackler than what Bitton is. Um, however, Bitton like says does slow the play down, but can link the play a lot better. Um, so it depends. It might also depend on whether Tom start Tom starts. That might make make a decision on whether it'll be a buoy over Bitton. But it may be more to do with a buoy because a buoy won't push for, forward that much, yeah. and he'll probably sit right in, which allows Armstrong to be box to box. And obviously, Tam we can afford not to drop back the way. McGregor would because McGregor's always got the legs and he's got the stamina to do. He's still a job uh, that, that Rodgers can't do. See McGregor, um, seen the first half when he had that chance when he all he needed to do was square the ball when he shoots and it just hits off Clint Hill. I stood up and I shouted, "That's just typical. That's just typical. It was just one game." And then obviously he plays really well. But see, even with his goal, like he passes right. The pass that he hits hits right to I think it's a like, uh, Danny Wilson. He hits it off Danny Wilson, and then he kind of goes, he goes, oh, and he kind of his shoulders drop, and then Roberts comes in and passes it, and um, he, he scores the goal. His finishing that was utterly superb, though. One of the best finishes I've seen, just because he takes the ball, drop of the shoulder, and then just as he hits it through his legs, it was it was utterly terrific. It was great, but I think McGregor, he's still young and he's still learning. I think we have to allow these guys. To make mistakes because I think Roger said I don't know if it was after the match, straight after the match or during the week. Um, or sorry, since since the game where he said this is just going to keep getting better. So still, was it the average age on Saturday was twenty two or something, or still pretty young anyway. Um, so McGregor is he's still developing. He's going to get better, same as Armstrong, Rogic, and the rest of the team. So they are going to make mistakes. I know you're quick to jump down people's throats and stuff unless it's Stuart Armstrong but um, me? M- McGregor talk? McGregor's an easy kind of whipping boy for stuff no I, I was just I was just highlighting how much of a moron you are no I am a moron I understand that but what, I just I, I, you're right though I just find McGregor frustrating at times the thing I find, frus- find frustrating about him is that he will within the space of one move do something utterly fantastic and then just kind of fuck up sometimes, and I'm willing to give. You know, as I said, I've given him, I've criticised him in the past, rightly so at times. But um, everyone deserves, you know, more than one chance. I think it's just a learning curve from as well. What was it? You said the average age was 22. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's and it's what is second se- second season now. Like aye, pretty much aye. first team football. But then, like I'm I'm Tam's biggest fan. I love him. You know that. But even I think. I think it'd be really harsh to drop McGregor right now, even for Tam. I, I think it would be harsh. Like McGregor, would m- you turn maybe, maybe he won't bring in a buoy. Maybe he'll put like you're saying, Armstrong will go into the Brown role. McGregor will go in the Armstrong role. Then you've got Tam because I, I, th- I just think it's going to be. It's almost getting to the point where it's it's too hard to drop these players. 
Because McGregor just he brings you so much energy that you're gonna miss out on if you don't have him in the team. Um, here's a question from Stephen Hughes. Uh, he's a top guy. Uh, Joel, this is for you. Um, evening, gents. Thoughts on the plan between now and the 27th of May? Rotate the boys in or just keep going with the first 11? I want to caveat that by asking how important the unbeaten run is to you. I think it's, at this stage, I think it, I think it's fairly important because they're so close. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you do? Do you rotate? Do you go with the eleven? Do you bring in just Depending a couple of changes? Depending on the game. To be honest, like if it's an Aberdeen game, a solid, you know, pretty much the same kind of uh, squad as we've been going with. Maybe near towards the end, like we done with Motherwell last season. Just you know, throw the wings in. Okay, yeah, even like uh, well, I dread Chris Cobbins might be getting a wee send off as well. No thanks. I, I'd personally like to see it. I'd personally like, even if it was like thirty minutes or something like that. Just I think he deserves it. But uh, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. it doesn't bother me. I don't really care if it happens. It happens, but I won't be too disappointed if it doesn't. Yeah, but it, like home games and stuff, like even to see big Tom Nodgett back, like giving a run out, like just to see what he's to see how his fitness is and things. Would like you, that, would you bring in a Gamboa? Or would you just leave Lustig there to finish I'd the season? I'd leave Lustig there to finish the season. You'd leave Kieran there. Well, centre half wise, are you starting the Champions League with that back four? The qualifiers? Um, yeah, I would just now. I think by that has been not too bad. So I think I'd, I'd, start, with, I'd, like start, I'd start with that. Like it's not. The, I would say Celtics this season has slipped a lot more goals past the defence than maybe previous seasons, but I think it's what we've. Uh, lacked defensively not saying that Celtics back forward have lacked anything uh, it's just we've made up for and dominating the offensive play but uh, I, I would definitely start I would start that back four yeah, yeah. Kieran what about you how, how you are you again same sort of questions are you bringing in um, Lustig are you dropping Lustig are you bringing in Gamboa are you bringing in Izzy or are you just maybe for one game maybe two games um I wouldn't do again as well. I wouldn't do drastic changes where there's like five or six because that takes the continuity out of the team. Um, we still want to keep. We still want to win because we are that close now. It's it's one thing. It's one thing having um, an unbeaten season, but to have an unbeaten treble season that will never be done again. I don't think. Maybe us again next year. To be honest with you, <laughs> but realistically. In future, that, that that's that mean that's something that means if, and it's not just your league games; it's your cup games as well. So it's like what thirty-eight, maybe say forty-six games in a in a season where you are undefeated. That I mean, that is just utterly impressive. So so I would like to have a chance chance to do that. So it would be small changes, one or two players here and there. Like maybe Forrest would start instead of Roberts because we know Forrest can still do a job. But Roberts has been playing the last two or three games. But then you've only got four games left in the league. Roberts is off. You want to play him for as long as you can, especially well, after what he's done. There's talk. Well, apparently the FIFA have come out and says that the clubs are not obliged to release him for FA duty. We can still keep yeah, hold of him. I, I, City. I, I, so the three of them, England, City, and Celtic, are going to sit down and have a chat. I think I do, yeah. to try and get him to play in the final and let him be released that night. See, but I would say I, I love Patrick Roberts. I thought he was exceptional on on Saturday um, against Rangers. I think if we could get him, I would pay upwards of ten million pounds from that. That's how highly rate him. I think he's going to develop into a, if he's in the right environment, he will develop into an exceptional footballer. But he's coughing out a wee bit. 
he should make a decision one way or another. If he wants to play for England, he should just say, look, I want to play for England. I helped us qualify for this under-20 World Cup, and I want to play. If he wants to play in the Cup final, he should just turn around and say, I want to play in the Cup When's final. When's the tournament actually start? I've not actually seen but it's... It starts, like... Just before the Cup final, so it's like... It's their third... It, I think it's actually, like, their third group game or something. I wonder if Celtic will want to try and get him released from England, like, the day before. Fly back on the Friday, play the Cup final, then fly back out to them. That just seems a bit... But it's a player we've had all season who has been one of the. the he was exceptional. The in, he was exceptional in the semi final as well. Aye, so, so it was. Uh, it was brilliant. Like, I must say. I, I mean, Louis, I, I, Louis uh, Joe Louis hates. No, uh, no, Patrick I don't. Ha- I don't hate him. Right, <laughs> I just want him to do it a wee bit more. Uh, I could see you, you smiling know. when he was saying he's going for ten million there. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not ten million. I mean, I'll, I'll go up another million. Right, I'll go to. I'll go to four. But that'll be uh, no. I, I wouldn't break the bank, but. I, I would I would try I would try everything that we can to keep him Brian he, he, he just looked a different different level altogether Brian would you break the bank for Patrick Roberts how much would you pay for him uh, so much Celtic can afford I think 10 million is uh, we're not going to pay 10 million pound for a player um, if we could though if we could and it's not going to impact anything else then aye but I, if we had 10 million to spend a player I probably wouldn't go for Patrick Roberts I think Roberts it's maybe about five or six. Um, I would love to see him here because um, he's been great, absolutely brilliant, and he's the type of winger who gives that just that sort of a bit of difference for us. Where we've got these wingers who they all bring up something different to the team. Um, but I genuinely, I think Rogers will make a, a significant sign in this season. I don't think it'll be Roberts, but um, see, I, I still have it in my head he's going to buy a defender. I still have it in my head he's either going to bring in a. I think he said he was a defender. I think he said he yeah, was a defender, a striker, yeah. another winger. I hate the phrase blue chip, right? But I think he's going to bring. Uh, I think the idea is he's going to bring. No, no, no. He's going to bring in two big players, I think. Or he's going to ask the board for money for two big players. One of them will probably be a striker, and one of them's either going to be a defender or a midfielder. I think he's probably going to be a defender. I know I've just named all the positions. Maybe a goalie? Yeah, maybe a goalie. Because um, uh, where is he going to get a defender? Like, I think we're linked today with a boy from, from Africa, a forward. Um, yeah. But a, a blue chip defender, I mean, who have you looking at? If you're looking at England, obviously you're at crazy money that none of them are really worth it. Um, championship level, that's probably not what we're looking for if we want to take that next step in Europe. Um, Does Enrico, Enrico Anoni have a, a son or something? <laughs> it was ages ago that he was here. He must have a son. Or we've got Lobo's son in our books. Is we don't know. Oh, let's go with him. Let's go with Lobo's son. Talk us through it, Joe. He was. It's a strange one, actually. <laughs> was nothing like his dad, man. Like just, he, I think he hated football. Jesus, <laughs> I swear to God, I think it's because he was just around it so often. So obviously, having to move. Aye, and all, all the time and stuff. So, how long were you schooling for? A couple of years. It was, uh, it was just a couple of years. Was a uh, nice guy. Uh, nice enough. I think his name is Matush. Matush Maravchek. So who knows? He might be. He might be a. He might be fantastic now. Who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look up him. And we'll, we'll certainly look up him. Um, what about could, like see Patrick again. Roberts? Like say he does go back to City. Where do you see him? Like a bench player again. Did you, did I you see back him? out on loan? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I could just see it. Like, right, we'll take Stoke. him back out on loan. I see him going to Stoke, Stoke. for some reason because they seem to sign a few wingers. Yeah, well, that's the things. thing with Roberts. If he doesn't stay, 
um, or come back, whatever he's going to do. He will. He's not going to be a first choice at City. And then they'll either sell him to another Premier League club, which will be like a Stoke or, or one of these middle of the road teams. And then he kind of he'll just fade into obscurity, which is a real shame. <laughs> Jesus, that's a really dark. But that's what ham- happens with so many of these players. I mean, Scott Sinclair being a prime example. Yeah. That other boy that City Jack, signed, Jack Rodwell as well. Rodwell, yeah, all these for twenty six million, and I think he, he's at Sunderland, and I don't even know if he, what he paid. He paid what under six million or something. Like that. That's it. The English Murphy. Premier League ruined so many young players, and I would hate to see Roberts being another one. That's I think Roberts is best opportunity to develop is at Celtic under Brendan Rodgers yeah I agree I also think Roberts needs to be a team that are playing on the front foot if Roberts goes to a team where you know like a Stoke who have quite a rigid system where that is basically kind of counter attacking football but at the same time you still have to put a lot of work and effort in I think he's going to struggle um, I also don't think he actually wants to stay with us to be honest with you I mean I, I think the, the boy wants to go down to England he, he, I don't think his mind has been changed by playing up here with us for a, for you know eighteen months. I think he still ultimately is like so many other young English players that they see, you know, they they still see the English Premier League as the pinnacle. That's that's do, what do you think. Scott Sinclair's the same. No, 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 no. I think he's totally different. I, I think Scott Sinclair, like he said last night about how he's found found a home at Celtic and everything. I think he's been through it. Paddy Roberts has to go through the the rubbish years and the rejection and the difficult times to then realise actually it's not the be all and end all being in, in England. And I think Scott Sinclair's definitely realised that. I think Scott Sinclair will play for. I don't think he'll play for anybody else. I, th- I think Scott Sinclair will, will stay with Celtic until he and just uh, he'll maybe go to America or something for a year or something like that. But I think he's here for for the foreseeable. If there's a prospect of Champions League football, I could see that. What age is he? 28, 28 or 29. Uh, 28, maybe? I yeah. could see him doing like three or four years at Celtic uh, anyway, for sure. That's the thing with Patrick Roberts as well. Like, if he'd be an investment, if he could continue the way he is going to Champions League football, say we do, say we did pay 10 million for him, how much would it be worth in three seasons? Do you know what I mean? Really? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> One season, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, there's a scary difference there, though, isn't yeah. there? I mean, obviously, you're going to pay a premium for a striker, but Dembele, I think, has looked so good. Like he, he, you could imagine getting thirty, forty million for Dembele. He's another one. Wouldn't get thirty, forty million for Paddy Roberts right now. No, Dembele's twenty-one, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, three years. Oh, that's scary. No, it's not. He's twenty. It's twelve. You know what I mean? That's scary. You know, that's. Um, obviously, I think a lot of what. He's 20 and look at the size of him. You yeah. know, he's so big in the physicality. I mean, that's, you know, you talked about that earlier, Joe, but like physicality of, um, you know, going into the Champions League and coming up against big German defenders or, you know, these uh, just huge guys. Um, Dembele hasn't looked at, like a step or out of place, but neither has Pat Roberts because he is smaller and he's got more of a jink about him and he knows how to beat people with skill as opposed to James Forrest, who is more like. Very true. Very true. It's um, always got his kind of hit and run. Yeah. And hopefully get to the end of it. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, this thing stopped. Um, but so, um, just looking at the 5-1 game, just finishing off, um, Joe, your kind of final thoughts on the 5-1 game? Because ultimately, um, there's going to be many more days like this um, going forward. 
And uh, yeah, overall thoughts about five one. Outstanding. Even though like the it was like oh it could have been ten, it was still outstanding. Just yeah. the one thing I'm gutted it was uh, it was a draw at New Year because it would have been a nice whitewash with a unbeaten season hopefully in a treble but uh, it was brilliant it was just outstanding <laughs> one word on their um, the kind of with well, the 5-1 but what about the, the goal we conceded again Sean yeah, that was a bit unfortunate it's just um, Yozo gets sucked in I mean if the, the players coming direct, direct coming driving towards you you're going to go and try and stop them but unfortunately the players around them didn't, weren't aware that when Yozo stepped out there was a gaping big gap that nobody kind of came in and took out and it was a quick one-two with Miller, and he was in. And once he's in that space, he's he's going to finish it. So he was. So that was about unfortunate. That was just possibly a lack of concentration. I mean, when was it? And it was seventy fifth minute or something, eighth minute. Yeah, it was quite late on, but it, which is not an excuse um, for it. But I like the way the I like the whole symmetry of it. We started the season with five one. We're finishing the game with five one. We finished the season against our Glasgow rivals. Oh, well five done. one. It's very nice. Finally, woo! <laughs> <laughs> we've yeah. finished how we've started. So let's see for six or seven next season. Uh, Louis, kind of final thoughts and just overall uh, ratings for the players. Not every one of them, ten. Um, no, d- fantastic. Um, it's honestly been one of the best weekends of social media I think I've ever experienced. <laughs> um, it's been fantastic, and the difference in in you know the difference in quality between the two teams and then the difference in quality between the two sets of fans you see the absolute madness that was going on people running on the pitch people getting hit with all sorts racist chants and then you see the absolute party that was going on at the end with the Celtic fans it just looked incredible I wish I'd been there but what Kieran was saying there about the fact it was 5-1 at the beginning of the season I kind of agree with Brendan Rodgers I think there was a big difference between the 5-1 you know, at the weekend there compared to the one at the beginning of the season, we looked, I mean, we looked class in the first one, but it was, it. I still think we didn't quite get to top gear in that, in that game at the weekend there. We, we hit top gear in, in that 5-1 at the beginning of the season, but now we've, we've improved so much that I don't even think we had to be at our best to do that to them at the weekend. I just wish, like everybody, it, it would have been 10 or... You know, eight, nine, ten. That would have been fantastic. But five, one. I'll take that. Uh, I was just glad to see it. That's the first Celtic Rangers game I've seen all season for various reasons, um, and absolutely loved it. And I think we said earlier on that we were all a bit more cautious this time, whereas every other game you think we were going to annihilate them, and it's not quite proved to be the case. But that was the best thing about Saturday: just the absolute domination of them, which we've all been praying for for ages. Um, the first five-one game. Like Brendan Rodgers said, there's you can see all the improvements and just the confidence right throughout the team. So it was tremendous. Um, we've got a lot of questions about kind of squad rotation and how we're going to play and stuff moving forward. But that's something we'll probably cover more, um, kind of as the season kind of closes because I think a lot will depend on what happens, you know, with the cup final and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, Celtic just the. Uh, the kind of player of the year awards uh, were uh, dished out yesterday. Uh, Scott Sinclair got players player and supporters player of the year. Dembele get top goal scorer of the year and goal of the goal of the year 
for his goal against St Johnston. Tierney get Young Player of the Year and H Sync Academy Player of the Year. Kieran, thoughts on that? Does that work for you? Are you happy with all them? Yeah, that's very happy. I think that's probably wanted. I mean, Scott Sinclair has come and just shown that kind of different level of quality and class that he has. Um, and the players have obviously recognised that as well as the fans. And well warranted. Kieran Tierney as well. I mean, like we've said many a times, what we've seen of Kieran Tierney so far and at such a young age and he's such a mature young kid that he's going to grow and get better and better and you see what he is just now and you think of him even better than what he's doing just now it's, it's a scary prospect of what kind of player he could be yeah um, Joel would you agree with those yeah totally it, totally agree if it wasn't Scott Sinclair for the uh, for player and supporters player it would have been Tierney but obviously he's still at the age where he can get a uh, young player of the year uh, it's just uh, the Denver League goal was the, the one with the Everyone, everyone touches. It's it. a shame they just on Celtic FC for that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But no, I, do, I do absolutely agree with everything. I think Scott Sinclair has been on fire this season, so it's. Uh, do you think he'll get Scottish Player of the Year, as in the, the overall Premiership Player of the Year? I think so. I think so. Fully deserved. I couldn't see anyone else really getting it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Brian? Um, do you think they all kind of link up for you? Is there any any other changes? And Louis, I'll come to you as well. Um, no, I'm happy with all of it. The only one would be possibly Scott Brown for Player of the Year, um, because there's been such a change in him. <laughs> the the one player, like talking about Paul McStay earlier on, the the best season I've ever seen from a player, I think, is Paul McStay in the centenary season, when he was just outstanding every single game. He was just head and shoulders above everyone. And I think, I mean, we were starting the beginning of the season, no being too fast if Scott Brown would left. I don't think any's would have actually picked him as a first choice player, um, and now he's just been an absolute driving force. So, as much as I'm happy with it, I, th- I thought Scott Brown would be up for a shout. Yeah, I can agree. I think, I think to be fair, Scott Brown's probably been more consistent than Scott Sinclair. I think Scott Sinclair's had patches where he hasn't performed his best, whereas. I don't think you can really say there's many games where Scott Brown, his performance has dipped, really at all. He's been so influential. Um, and if you take Scott Brown out of the team, I think you miss him more than what you would if you took Scott Sinclair out of the team. So I think for this season, um, maybe it's just a one-off season, I don't know. But I'd, I'd argue that possibly Brown should have had it, aye? I think so. Um, I could see where you're coming from, but do you think Scott Sinclair's won his games? Single-handedly, oh, yeah, yeah, I that's, I that's like that was my deciding factor on it. Yeah. Because I think Brown's had his best season in well, I don't know how long, but oh, yeah. that was outstanding. I mean, Scott season. Sinclair won as the first one against yeah. Hearts, first game of the season. But it's a, it, it just shows you how good we've been though this season. Is the fact that there, I mean, you could throw Armstrong in there if you're talking about players that have, have come onto a game. You can obviously put in Tam Rogic, who would take the prize by default. But yeah. <laughs> Many options. Um, I think, in if, okay, if we were going to do um, our own sort of awards um, for these players, uh, most improved pre- player, Keenan, what, what are you doing with your face? What's going on there? You're coming with a question. I'm just thinking of the answers are going to be that difficult. Um, <laughs> try to work out. Most improved player, because you could make a case is, is for... Brown and Armstrong are probably equal from the two players that performed, the way they performed last year to the way they performed this season. Both of them almost neck and neck have improved. Um, 
maybe Brown a bit more because Brown really was poor in his position, whereas Armstrong, you could argue, he was out with his position. So yeah. if you're out with your position, you're not always going to play that well. Um, once he's been in his proper position, we've seen what he really was and where he probably should have been. But with Brown, he was obviously not performing very well in his position. But now he's like extending, we're, we're almost linking with player of the season. So I, I probably think Brown would edge it ahead of Armstrong for kind of most improved the season. What about McGregor? He's done, yeah, he's done well, but we're still seeing mistakes and we're still seeing decision making is not quite up to the levels it should be. But he's a young kid and we know that's going to come. He's, like we've all said, he's going to make mistakes. And this is the perfect time to make mistakes just now and learn from them when it's a season where we've been so dominant, which means in the next two or three years, when we may have a challenge, we would hope so, he would then be able to actually perform and impress better because he's made his mistakes, he's learnt from, and we're going to have a better player going forward. Yeah. Joel, who's been your most improved player this season? Scott Brown. Yeah. I could. Uh, I see where you're coming from with McGregor, but because he's still young and still... You know, Developing, I guess. And stuff and... and still is improving rather than improved like there was times last season I was watching games and cursed Scott Brown out I thought it was like sometimes one touch too many wrong decisions and things like that but for me definitely Scott Brown he's been outstanding this season yeah um, I, I agree with you feels like a captain like a proper captain well that's quite interesting because obviously you're in kind of changing rooms and locker yeah. rooms and you see like Kenny Eagles how important is it that leader do you think to have him there to really take control a hundred percent. Like it's, there was a close up of the huddle on, on Saturday, and he was just commanding it. And it's yeah. just like it felt like that as a proper club captain. Yeah. Um, Brian, I got my question for you. Um, I'll just find out who's from the question. Before I go, the other thing as well, I see Brown take the Ross County out the equation. His discipline's been so much better this season. Yeah. He's not been in with daft wee tackles. He's not been in people's faces and fighting and all that. He's been really controlled with his temperament, which. It's something when we've seen Scott Brown in the past of what he was like, um, and it's good to see that. And that that's shown more of a leader. Seeing I need to lead this team, but I can't get caught up in all the wee. He just leaves that for lustig. He's been doing that a lot more. I've seen he's quite he's kind of getting in players' faces and kind of like backing people up. Whereas Scott Brown is just very very disciplined. It's yeah. probably a calming influence of Brendan Rodgers as well, just yeah. to be a bit more you know cool, calm, collected about things as well. Yeah, because we um we as Brian says we almost decided like I think we all kind of sat down at the start of the season saying well the first thing Rodgers needs to do is get rid of Scott Brown because he's finished and we'll all put our hands up and admit that but you know Rodgers what Rodgers has done has been insane Uh, Brian question for you Um, uh, I'll find out who it was from in just a second is Scott Brown or from a contemporary point of view or even just a overall history one of the best captains we've ever had Um. I think probably trophy-wise he must be up there as he normally just behind McNeil. <coughs> so it's seven leagues. Yeah, so I mean, in statistically, you would say yeah. Um, but obviously I've never seen Billy McNeil, but I thought in my time it would be Paul McStay. Um, I don't think Brown's got the kind of skill of McStay, but he certainly has the the aura. Um, or he's developed that this season, so it'd be... He, he needs to he needs to get recognition for what he's done and what he's achieved in a Celtic jersey. So it would be it would be up there. Um, I don't think he's the greatest, but it would be in the mix. Yeah. Um, what about you, Louis? Think he's for you from you know what you've seen of Celtic captains. Um, where's he rank for you? 
Well, he's nowhere near Big McManus, you know what I mean? Um, Big Mick, was, uh, he was a captain. Um, no, I, I don't know, I think Scott Brown's always... People have always questioned whether he should be the captain, but I think it's because there's been times where he's, he's not played as well. Let's face it, and then the, you know he's played so well this year. He he looks like a totally different guy. Like it, he he absolutely does basically put the team on his shoulders and carry them. Not in terms of you know, not in terms of maybe <laughs> football ability, but in terms of passion and drive and you know setting standards. He is absolutely the guy that does that. Um, so this if if. If Scott Brown had been like he's been this season the whole time he's been Celtic captain, I think he would be absolutely up there, top three captains of all time. But let's face it, he's not he's not always been this good. Um if he can go another couple of years like this, then fantastic. But that's gonna be difficult in terms of, you know, physically the amount he's put in this season. I don't know if he's gonna be able to do that for another couple of seasons, but Let's hope so. Okay, so we've got another question from um, Chris Henderson, who um, regularly tweets in. Um, Given how good we all felt during and after, um, is playing them really a nothing game, the way that people talk about it being a nothing game, Louis? Rangers? What, next time we face them? Yeah. Like, because people try to play it off and say that, you know, it's it's not a, doesn't really mean anything, and, you know, they're a new club and blah, 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 but ultimately how, how good it feels afterwards, it still means something, right? Absolutely, I I think there's a lot of bravado and stuff at the the start of the year. um, People saying that it doesn't mean anything now, and I mean they absolutely did die, but it's the same set of fans that are in the stands. You know what I mean? So it's always going to mean more than any other fixture in the calendar. Like even next year, even if they are still this shite next year, (laughs) it's still gonna. I'm still gonna be nervous before the game. I'm still gonna. You know, I have a horrible feeling in my stomach until we get the first goal, and then things will change. I mean, I think that's the difference now. Like at half time on Saturday, I was comfortable. I, you know, I, I I wasn't nervous about the second half. It was more a case of how many are we going to score. Whereas I never really remember that other than this season, um, obviously yeah. because of what happened to them. But um, I, I think you're you're off your head if you think that you're ever going to go into a game like that and not feel nervous against them. Yeah. Like, Joe, would you agree with that? or Different club, same mentality. So, aye. As you said, same fans in the stand. Uh, same principles of the, the old club. So, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I still, still got a buzz about it. Do you know what I mean? Especially, like, uh, I didn't get to go to the 5-1 game uh, at the start of the season at home, but I got to go to the the one in New Year and I was still like walking down like past Governway and that I was still like you still get the edge about it so yeah. I, I still feel it's a, an important game because well apart from Aberdeen it's the, the closest rivals do you know what I mean so yeah. have you been to Ibrox a lot or uh, I've been to Ibrox a few times it's a horrible feeling though when you walk out and you get beat but I think one of my stick out memories was when O'Neill grabbed Lennon and done the defiance thing. Yeah. That was like I think we could beat two 0 that day, but it was still an important. It was still important moments, but it's, I, I don't say I like going there, but I kind of like that away feeling there. Like if yeah. we do win, 
it's like for example on Saturday if, if I was there it would have been a, a, one of the best days <laughs> do you know what I mean so what have you been to a lot of, do you go to a lot of away games have you been I used to like with like because of the pro wrestling schedule and that it takes a lot of weekends away and uh, and out the equation like sometimes if it well if the away games normally fall on a Sunday it just depends what shows I've got because I'll try to go, go to like they say it was only Dundee or something Dundee United or it's not Dundee United this year but like I would try to get there and then just drive to the shows and stuff like sure, that yeah. so but it's more it's been more home games that I've had this this season rather than than both to be honest and a couple of the European away games so and obviously when you're in Florida you won't have the chance to well maybe we'll, we'll see about that I'll have to find like an Orlando Celtic supporters club or something like I'm that sure which I'm sure there is I'm sure there's one out there I'm sure there is so um Kian yourself um, still important still don't, don't say old firm though eh? oh yeah Glasgow <laughs> Derby is the best it's always great to look forward to it um, it will always be that nervous because we can't win them all for the rest for the rest of the future. One one time it's going to happen where they're, they're going to win, and it's just what that feeling is going to be like because we've had such dominance for so long. It, you've that fear factor that they're going to do it at some point. It's just when, but once you get the games going, once the goals go in, you yeah, it totally changes. It's just sheer elation. You're just you're just loving it so much because. But it's also as good as well because their fans are still deluded enough and they've still got this expectancy level that they should still be beating us and they should be closer and it's like no, no the cap's that massive can you not wake up and see that so then see when we put them when we just dominate them it's that thing as well it's not just winning with sneaky goals it's like we've been dominating through the through every game this season I don't think there's any game any game they've came close to us there's been games where they've maybe had, had patches spells and patches yeah. but they've never put a glove on any of us uh, throughout any of the games which I think has been fantastic and it's been so much to, to enjoy yeah just looking at kind of Rangers and you know Joe and Louis kind of comments about you know different club but same mentality um, what about the kind of racism or everything Brian I mean do you think it's been talked about in the media enough um, because until we actually have an open and honest debate and discussion about it um, it's never going to be fully kind of thing because uh, one, of, one of the tabloids I, I won't even name who it was said that um, basically and this is actually something I wanted to, to kind of bring up they basically bra- blamed um, Scott Sinclair <laughs> now they, when I say blamed him what they said was um, he was acting provocatively he just scored a goal yeah I don't think it was a tabloid was it not a Sunday Post oh was it I, I, I don't know <laughs> um, I think it was actually Ur Willie that said it it was quite weird um, it depends what our media class is, is racism where you've obviously get the guy the guy's been caught. arrested for it so it's clearly well that no completely but the the the, f- the chance they get away with I mean the, the their current song about hating Catholics um, that's, that's just a the, pat- that's, that's, I couldn't believe it, it when I saw that there was a, a video on Twitter of I don't know if it was a social club or whatever the hell it was and they're all belting out it's insane and but they keep getting away with it and that's the sort of thing I think which Insights. Well, no, it makes this fixture kind of what it is because it is those still those same moronic fans, and the problem is that it's clearly not all Rangers fans. There's some decent Rangers fans, but it, it's that it just attaches itself to that club. It's just vile, absolutely vile. And until it's highlighted in the media, like the guy obviously making the monkey gestures is horrendous, but that that will be dealt with and it'll be kind of highlighted in the media. But all the Catholic stuff and all the anti-Irish stuff and everything else they get away with. That's the thing that needs to be addressed. I mean, you've got Graham Spears as the only one really that calls him out on it, and he gets pelters for it. 
Um, whereas the rest just like to kind of hide away and shy away from it. Well, I found the whole idea that, um, you know, excessive celebrations. Um, because I remember being at a game, a League Cup game, went into extra time and Alan Coist scored. Um, and I was sitting, obviously, Rangers end, the Rangers supporters were obviously where they are. And I was up the other end. And he literally like ran in on his knees and like, do you know what I mean? Like it was like slid right up to us, and everyone, all the players came round. And then obviously the shame game when you know um, Dallas gets hit with the coin and stuff. Um, but they did the huddle. Um, but it's, you, you see, but know, the thing, but the thing is, I mean, are we really going to live in like a world where? players can he sell like Lustig getting booked for putting his top over his head yeah. I mean that's pathetic that's yeah. like any like, I thought I, it was only if you took your top off oh, though yeah. you know what I mean like, uh, like apparently you get an ips out then your guts <laughs> but it's I, more I, to do the fact of you could have a sponsorship underneath that's but he didn't nah. I know he didn't we, they, nobody knows, no one ever has a sponsorship but, yeah. but the but thing is I, mean, you, like, I remember being a wee guy scoring a goal and Ravinelli Ravinelli <laughs> that's why you done it you were like you watched Ravinelli or whatever do it and everybody done that was the celebration but what degree is the excessive celebration it's not as like Remember when Ada Bayor scored yeah, uh, for he, a City against and he ran like the full length of the pitch to the Arsenal fans? Yeah. Like it wasn't like as if they jumped in yeah. to the broom loss. <laughs> you know what but I mean? The, like the problem isn't like there was thousands of Rangers oh, fans that oh. reacted like you know, if, if Scott Sinclair was to go up and, you know, celebrate in front of them, the vast majority of them would be shouting abuse at them. But it's the other ones that decide that they're going to come to the game with a massive big battery. Who, co- who comes with a ma- Who comes to the game exactly. with a massive big battery? But th- is it the nineteen eighties? <laughs> I don't understand. But but th- but those people are shut up. Like they'll do that. They've came prepared. They don't need to be that. The guy who bought brought a battery to the game, like he brought that with him to probably throw it. Like and then being provoked. Like he didn't need to be provoked to do that, and these people are just gonna like. I don't know how you stop it. I don't know how you can really stop people throwing coins because you can't, you can't pat them down and say right, geez, you can't have any money, you know. Yeah, exactly. You take, we need to take your money. I just hope that people aren't that stupid, but clearly they are. I'll be honest, I'd love it if people threw money at me in the ring. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be ecstatic, man, if people Catching were throwing. Yeah, I'd be like, there we go. I'd welcome it, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. actually found a tenor once when I was wrestling. That was, that was probably the biggest highlight of my wrestling career. I was like brawling through the crowd and there was a tenor on the floor and I picked it up, man, and put it in my trunks. Best, best feeling ever. Going by your entrance yesterday, last night, I don't think that was an issue, was it? Mate, I lost 20 quid from that. Like, <laughs> so, just to cut cut away from this, I mean, uh, Dallas had come out and cut a promo about something like he was docking my wages, and I just caught on to it. I was like, "Dick!" And I went to a cash line and drew out like four hundred quid, man, and was just waving about like kind of Conor McGregor style. And one of it dropped down this wee slant, man. I never get back. I was <laughs> bailing, man. So yeah. that's cool. Living the gimmick, though. That's living uh, the gimmick, that's man. That's that's it. It. Um, I mean, we're kind of winding up at this point. Um, we we've got. We've got a cup final to look forward to. We've got St Johnston on Saturday, and then when is the Aberdeen game? Is that Friday? The, Friday, Friday, Friday night. Friday night football. Joe, your thoughts? Quite like it, especially I I went to the Park Thistle game uh, Christmas, Christmas time. time yeah. <laughs> it was great because I just come like I was that, and then a Christmas night out. It was like brilliant. Terrific. I quite like it. I quite like Friday night games. I think it's different. Uh, it beats sitting in the house on a Friday night sometimes. You know what I mean? And if you are sitting in the house watching a away game, then. 
getting Perfect, rolled. Yeah, yeah. Love it. What about yourself, Lee? Friday night football. I like it. I am a big fan of it. I yeah. think it's. I think it's. That's good. I mean, obviously, we're going to Pataji. So we're going to. I mean, that is that's difficult, isn't it? Going up to Pataji on a Friday. I mean. That must be difficult for a lot of people to get to. Yeah. But then SFA don't care about people getting places. They only care about the money from the TV deals, let's be honest. It'll be on TV, so as always, they've dictated that to be the Friday night. Um, what are we thinking about Aberdeen just now? Because they are clearly our biggest rivals and uh, they got gubbed by St Johnston. Um, Brian, because we've not, again, we've not heard your kind of thoughts on it recently. Uh, McInnes, and I'll come to you, Joe, as well. Just yeah, to sure. kind of. McInnes, what's he, how sort of job is he doing? Uh, decent. He's, but he's well. In saying that, it's, I was going to say they haven't improved from last season, but obviously they've pretty much secured second place and got a two cup final, so that's amazing. Um, Are you worried about the cup no, final? Not at all. Aberdeen aren't consistent enough. The, the worry, I suppose, is a one-off game, um, and anything can really happen. Particularly if we've gone the whole league season unbeaten, and that's the kind of final game to go over the the hurdle. Then there's always potential pitfalls there but Aberdeen I suppose he's done a good job with, with what he's got unless they, they they bring in you know a different level of player you can't really see them doing much much better they're never going to challenge us um, and I suppose that's one of the issues with Rangers have the potential obviously to to be a big challenger but they're just an absolute basket case so um, I just hate Derek McInnes though so I find it difficult to praise him um, Yourself Joe what do you think Aberdeen? Uh, again not a fan of Derek McInnes but I think he's done a great job for Aberdeen as well he said two cup finals and I'm more concerned about the cup f- oh not really concerned but I'm more wary of the cup final game than I am the league game to be honest yeah. like, just cup final feeling and you know just a cup final yeah. I, I mean that's the thing it's like, I know we talk, we talk about you know form and players and you know tactics and everything but at the end of the day it is a cup final and I'll never forget 1990. Um, a sure sign that... This is from Christian Wolf. A sure sign that summer is close. The Aberdeen post-split collapse is here. Um, they've won one, drawn one, lost eight in the last ten games after the split. Um, they've only won three in the last 16. I mean, that's pretty horrendous, Kieran. That's quite bad. That they, weren't, they really weren't very good in the semi-final, I didn't think, against Hibs. They, get, they got through with a lucky goal to get to the final. See, I, I was having a debate with my dad last night about it, because my dad said, uh, you know, I said, well, that's them showing their, their sort of bottle, the fact they got through, and he, he was like, but they were completely outplayed. And I'm like, yeah, but they showed the bottle. And he's like, how did they show bottle? They got a deflected fucking goal. How, how did they show bottle? And then um, he just stopped talking. But you look at Saturday's game as well. Saturday's game, they won that. They are actually confirmed second place. Yeah. So that's coming, and again, the pressure's got them. And they're bottled to it. They're bottled under. I remember you tweeted last year um, after the Aberdeen game, and we went to Pretoria to lose, which made it, I think, they were equal with us in points or two points behind. And you tweeted, if I um, performed in the ring the way that those players performed on the pitch, like I wouldn't be allowed in the ring anymore. and that was the thing. I remember coming away from that thinking, we we could we could lose the league here. And then they went on a run of losing four and five. And that's the thing about like, it, and this is a question for everyone: is is that the players' mentality or is that the manager? I think it's a manager. I think sometimes like, like a lot of the times that managers come into these clubs in Scotland don't have that pedigree to that latter end of the season where it's. Uh, like title crunches mm-hmm. which, I mean who, who was McInnes manager last season yeah. yeah like 
even though as a player and stuff like that, he's probably been in that situation a whole different you know game when it comes to to management. I think it's just maybe a lack of pedigree and experience at that level for it yeah. but I can't believe like what was that what was those statistics there um, in the last uh, they've won three of the last 16 games after the split of the last two seasons or last three seasons for a club in second place it doesn't say a lot about the league as well man. no it's not it doesn't <laughs> it's, it's not great um, but do, do you pick up on that, that Joe's point about the actual players do you think if, if Rangers get a semi-decent manager in they could challenge Aberdeen for second place next year um, I think I don't think it's so much to do I mean I know we were slating Pedro earlier on we don't really know enough to say whether he's actually going to be any good or not right but we know oh, we, we can see come no, on but, but we know we know that the players aren't good enough I mean the players are absolute dross and I don't think I don't think Pedro and I don't think really anybody could like Brendan Rodgers has come in and transformed individuals but I don't think that's going to happen with the likes of Andy Halliday and James Tavernier. I just don't see that happening. And I think that the thing is, they're going to have to get rid of so many players but they're and all, have they've a all massive got, squad overhaul. But they've all got two or three years. There's nobody out of contract except Clint Hill in the summer. Exactly. Everyone and else is... Do you know what I was thinking about this? We, we've been talking since Brendan Rodgers came in, before he came in, about how there are certain players that we need to get rid of, right? We need to get rid of some dead wood. He couldn't do it all in the summer. Then we thought, right, get rid of some of them in January. He still couldn't get rid of them all in January. And maybe this summer is a time when we will finally get rid of some, like Ambrose, Commons. These types are just... it's The, the time is up. Rangers are not... I think they're going to end up realising that you can't have a, such a big overhaul. Like Our biggest problem with the likes of Ambrose and, and players of, of that ilk was that although we wanted to sell them, we couldn't find anybody to buy them. And that's what Rangers are going to have to do. They're going to have to find players because of the contracts that they've got and they're not expiring. They're going to have to find players or find clubs that are going to want to buy their players who haven't performed I mean that's going to be very difficult Brian let me ask you let me ask you sorry jump in quickly um, kind of as we're kind of winding down um, is there any player in that that Rangers squad that you look and you think oh potentially he's you know if I was you know not necessarily obviously a Scottish manager but like if you're in the championship or something you're looking at them think oh potentially he could be alright any of them um, do you know I've not seen enough of them to comment but there's none of them that, that stand out the boy Dodo, yeah. um, he was useless on Saturday. He was whole, he's, he's again a kind of flash in the pan. Paddy McKay, who obviously was their their great hope. Don't know what's happened to him. Um, people but he's, be, he's people never realise really, he's shite. Aye, he's he's never really done much either. You get through their team, and you know I don't even know enough of their players. It's, you look at them and you don't recognise them. I think and before the game on, on Saturday, they were showing them coming into the stadium, and I didn't recognise them. It's just the weirdest thing just now, where there's such you know a, a big club in in Scotland. And they're just like nobody just now. The the their playing staff's hopeless. Their coaching staff's a joke. Their their whole structure and their directors and the whole thing is just an absolute joke. It seems it's brilliant. It seems as if they've just not moved on from the championship. You know what I mean? They're still like that. <laughs> no, Premier League club with a championship team. Uh, like I was, I was. I think it was the record I picked up and worked today, and I was flicking through it, and they were going through the Rangers, like uh, the Rangers team, player by player. And who I think there was a few pundits and who they keep, and I think the only one that they said they get rid of is Waghorn, 
simply because of budgets, do you know what I mean? And players that are still under contract, and if that's saying that they can only get rid of one <laughs> player from that as well, I think. That, and then it was the the next question was: Is there anyone from this current Rangers team that you could that would get in the Celtic team? And they were all like, "No." The only person maybe would be Kenny Miller, just because of his pedigree and how he's played this season. Do you know what I mean? And I, I probably got. Well, I'd agree with that. There's been nobody this season that's really touched. Yeah, you know, apart from Kenny Miller because he's he's the only one that's really produced goals. Yeah, I think I think the I think the goalkeeper. I think Wes Fodringham. I think he would, he could go to a good club. I think he's all, all right. He wasn't he wasn't maybe his best on Saturday. Obviously, five goals went against him. But I think over every time I've seen Rangers and seen him, I think he's been really impressive. So I think if if you were a, a manager. I mean, Rangers have always had good goalkeepers, but I think if you were Pedro, then you know he would be one that you'd be desperate to keep. But then he's probably he's probably the only asset they have because Kenny Miller's not even an asset. You know, no one's really going to pay money for him at thirty-seven. So the number of assets that they have, very few. Okay, that's. Uh that's us. Uh, that's our show. That's the ninety minutes in it. Um, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Joe. Thank you very much. Um, pleasure. Will we see you again? Definitely. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Get you make you a regular regular member. Um, okay, so we are the ninety minutes cynic. You can catch us um, on Spreaker at uh, speaker.com slash the ninety minute cynic. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash ninety minute cynic. We're on Twitter. Twitter is where you get all of our feeds and everything. That's where we tweet out all the, the kind of main links to our stuff. Um, and that's uh, at 90 Minute Cynic on Twitter. Uh, big thanks to Keith, Keith McGinty. Um, McGinty, shit, every single time I say his name wrong. Um, thanks to Keith, uh, Hard G. Um, he did a terrific video um, that's on YouTube of his fan experience at the 5 1 game. You definitely should check that out. The, you can actually see that on the Twitter, um, and we'll tweet kind of more links to that as well as we go. Um, also, check out the supplement um, for a collection of superb written articles from a variety of different writers um, on a variety of different subjects um, 90minutecynic.com is the main uh, website address and that's where you get the supplement and links to everything. Kieran Harran The Freight Train It's been a pleasure. Fun as always, it's been good and now I'm going to head off to my bed Lovely stuff. Um, Joe Coffey Thanks for getting involved. Hope to see you again soon. No, an absolute pleasure. It was good fun talking. Beard game is superb. Thank you. Can't begin to tell you how much we're impressed <laughs> by it. Um, favourite biscuit? Oh, mate, you don't know a can of worms there. Favourite biscuit? Come back to me in that one. I think, mate. Brian McManus, um, see you 2020. Uh, possibly I. Do you know I'm only here because obviously I was called out by Louis last week, so I was right up for it. But I feel a bit subdued because you bring a world champion in and totally take away my thunder. So, but no, it's good. I'll try. And aye. Well, four weeks time is there on a bank holiday. I'm sure you'll be able to manage for that. Aye, I can aim for that. <laughs> I can aim for that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Louis the Owl, um, DJ, and now Tom because you look like Tom Logic according Tom to George. Uh. Well, do you know the the. Um, the kids in school say that I look like Emery Chan, and I've got a picture <laughs> up on, in, the, in the corridor of Emery Chan with my name above it. And Emery Chan has just scored one of the goals of the season tonight, so I'm going to pretend that it was me that scored it. Um, it's amazing, you should watch it. But thanks for having me, it's been great. Recently, I've been getting a young Brian Blessed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's harsh, isn't it? I'll go with chocolate digestive, just a plain chocolate digestive mix. Listen, you can just eat them. Just constantly. Hobnob as well. Love a hobnob. We, we love a hobnob. Um, 
We are the 90 Minute Cynic. I'm Chris Gallagher and we'll speak to you down the road. Oh!